Hey, everybody, Mark Herman, a.k.a. L.A. Bengals fan on most of the major platforms, and I'm joined here by Jake Circus of the Jake Circus Podcast, and this is the Week 3 preview. It's our Monday night Ring of Honor game, a Monday night football um, of Jungle Talk. Yeah, I know, and I did not, I never envisioned that we would be 0-2 going into this game. I thought, worst case, 1-1, um, but here we are. It's where we are. We were here last year. So, um, Jake, before I forget, if you don't subscribe, please subscribe. It's all we ask. We don't sell you anything. We don't put commercials in the middle. We don't do any of that. Just subscribe and hit the alert button so you know when our videos come up. And and please hit the thumbs up on YouTube because it helps us with the analytics. And, Jake, tell them where they can find all your stuff. Yes, Jake Circus Podcast, Spotify, and YouTube, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Monday NFL show, Wednesday college football, Friday gambling show. This Saturday, actually, it's been in the works for a good bit of time, posted on Twitter. I'll be doing uh, teaming up with the guys at BR Betting, um, hosting a college football show on the Bleacher Report app, Saturday morning at 11 a.m. Eastern, going over the loaded college football slate uh, for this Saturday, week four. So make sure to check that out. Turn the notifications for the BR app on uh, in the sports betting section, and uh, you'll 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 get the link. It'll also be on my Twitter Saturday morning. So yeah, come come uh, come pop out in the comments, show some love. Yeah, and you know uh, what? I post I pin this to my Twitter feed. Obviously, this is on the LA Bengal fan home uh, Facebook page, but I post this. This is always pinned the latest episode to the Twitter feed and Jake's uh, his uh, Twitter account or X or whatever the the social media app formerly known as Twitter. Um, we will he, you can reach him from there too. So uh, you know why Prince did that? By the way, it was to get out of a record contract. So he had so much music he had to put out and then he didn't want this album to be. So he said, oh, I'm the artist formerly known as Prince. I'm not Prince. Prince didn't record this. And that was the whole deal with uh, saying he was there you go. formerly known as Prince. So um, there are ways out of language of contracts. You just need to find the right attorney to tell you how to do it. So um, that's, a, that's, that's a little before my time. Yeah, but but that's but that's the the origin of the uh the artist formerly known as Prince. So, um, well, here we are. You know, usually we have notes. We're early this week because of scheduling. So I think Zach's doing his presser right now. You said he was already on, what, Rich Eisen this morning? Yeah, he, he went on Rich Eisen this morning, which, I mean, if that tells you anything, it means, like, he's still fine talking, and they're going to ask him all these things about Burrow, and he's not going to say shit, and he didn't. Right. Uh, the Like, we just heard uh, he just talked about like he just started the press conference and he's like he's day-to-day probably not practicing full that was probably more than i actually thought he was going to say about him uh, i figured right. burrow would just pop up on the report and the reporters would see what he's doing in practice which is still what's going to end up happening but yeah i, I mean it's uh, you said it oh and two we're here we go again uh i don't think a team in nfl history has ever made the playoffs back-to-back years after starting oh and two in both it's really hard for good teams to keep starting 0-2. It's not what you want. Uh, Bengals kind of got screwed with the scheduling. No preseason for Burrow. Uh, half, Basically a half training camp. Uh, and out of the gate, they face two division teams and you know play a close one against Baltimore. Can't get the can't, yeah. can't make the plays at the end. Burrow gets re-injured. And I'm like, dude, like, fuck. <laughs> yeah. we, so. we don't commit the penalty on the fumble recovery. That changes the whole tone of the game. Getting the ball inside the 10 on uh, the first half. And obviously not throwing the pick. If we come out and we get back-to-back scores out of the out of the locker room at halftime, um, you know, we probably win that game. Either one of those things happen, we win that game. So even with everything that we did wrong, we did we just one of those plays goes our way, and it didn't. 
And that's why in the recap video, I said, we didn't make the plays. We had two opportunities right there. So, yeah, um, it's, it's still, it's still the slow starts though. It's what screwed them last year in the first couple of weeks. It's doing it again this year. Bengals are last in offensive efficiency and scripted drives. So like the first two drives, uh, and that's like that, that, that can't happen when you have Burrow as your quarterback. And, and part of it's Burrow. He, he's, he's getting confused out there. doesn't look like himself. Looks a lot better in the second half, obviously. Um, but these, these scripted drives now back to back weeks, they have put themselves behind the eight ball and it's not been pretty to watch. Yeah. Well, so, you know, you know, when we more, first looked at the schedule, we thought this was like going to be an easy win. I mean, we did not easy, but I mean, we didn't think this was one of our tougher games. I mean, it's at Monday night. It's the ring of honor game. Your third weekend. We think, Hey, you know, this is, uh, the second one we walk in the Rams were supposed to be, you know, one of the lesser teams. I still believe they are, but, but, uh, they sure, I mean, they've shown a little feistiness in these first uh, couple games. I mean, they scored 30 on Seattle, came back in the second half to win that game. I think it was 15, 13-7 at half, and they ended up winning. They ended up putting, you know, 17 or 23 points up in the second half. So, um, and surprising Seattle, in Seattle. And then they looked, they they showed up last week against the Niners. I mean, I know there was this talk where they kicked a field goal late in the game, which actually helped gamblers. Those people who had the Rams, the Rams in seven and a half on um, that field goal. I don't know if the coach had that in mind. What do you do? You think McVay knew that? He, that in mind? You know, it's it's really that funny. I, I my my theory is that it is impossible for coaches to not know the betting line right. in this day and age. Now that being said, do they care? No. Uh, but it, it 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 was weird though because I I like at college this happens all the time. Coaches kick the field goal down ten, try to get the onside kick. Um, sometimes they actually care about the spread for whatever reason. But I don't remember the last time I've seen that in an NFL game. Like Vrabel, Vrabel kicked a weird field goal in week one, but that was to get it to one. He was down four, kicked a field goal to get it back to one. They didn't get the ball back. Um, right. Saints ran the clock out. But kicking the field goal down 10, that does not happen in the NFL very often, and well, I cannot tell you the last time that I've seen that. And wasn't it one of the last plays of the game? Oh, I mean, no, it was at the buzzer. Right. That's why so it was so strange. Thing. So this it was, was at the buzzer. One of those, this was just for cosmetics. You know what? Maybe he's thinking, you know, we you've had college coaches that have been fired because they didn't cover spreads for alum. Um, you know, you they do it does happen. This is way before you're a really cut, good point. But Ted Tolner had an opportunity. Okay. The SC was favored against Notre Dame. And this is the 80s. SC was favored against Notre Dame. And uh and they were driving late in the game and could have kicked it, it, a field goal just to pad the score, and they would have covered. And Tolner went for it on fourth down inside the 10. They didn't make it. SC ultimately won the game, but they did not cover. Two weeks later, Tolner was fired. So, there, you know, all he had to do was cover for the alum. So it does come into play sometime, and that's a college example. I've never seen it in the pros where they did this. So Yeah, um, like, well, very often in the NFL, you'll see – kicking down 10 go for the onside kick if it's fourth and you know fourth right. and nine from the 12 absolutely you kick there doesn't matter how many timeouts you have left you can still either if you have timeouts you can onside kick or try to get a stop but at the buzzer yeah no it was and, purely, and the spread being at seven and a half so that's right, what made right. it it was purely so a a meaningless field goal and like i said it covered for some people it pushed bets for others too so you know, there were people with the Niners, so it's uh minus seven and it pushed it. So um 
So, like I said, they're a feisty team. We'll get back on track here. We scrolled there for a second. Uh, but uh, they're a feisty team. They're not going to be a pushover. Um, you know, what you know? What can you say that you've got? They don't have Cooper Cup, but this Puka kid's playing really well. He's put up I, uh, more catches than than I think for a rookie for the first two games. Didn't he set some kind of a record on the first? Yeah, he he broke one of the weird Mickey rookie Mouse record. rookie rookie records yeah. that you know that, that reporters like to talk about and give this guy props. No, um, it's it's actually funny the the Puka storyline because all the fantasy guys were like running to the table the podium to pick this guy up on their waivers or their fab their their free agent bids and i'm like this guy was good as good football player in college uh at byu he was he was a good player and now everyone's finding out about him because he's like basically cooper cup reincarnated but what is more impressive is that they're doing this without cooper cup i said this preseason with the rams like i thought that they could be a lot better than what people think they're showing that two weeks being competitive they're very well coached and Matthew Stafford healthy looks like a different quarterback than whatever they had last year obviously even when Stafford was playing hurt still way better uh but doing this without Cooper Cup this roster is really bad like it's still really bad coaching has made it seem a lot better than it actually is I mean here are their pressure leaders Byron Young with eight pressures obviously Aaron Donald uh still very very good might be a trade piece in a couple weeks in the deadline we'll see uh Michael Hot never heard of of him he has six pressures and then kobe turner like so three of the four guys are are not household names that are getting pressure on the right. defense the offensive line is, is still the weak point of the team it was last year even when stafford was healthy when uh when baker was the qb that offensive line was bad so that's where the bengals can have success uh on monday night in front of the home Great. crowd very very bad offensive line but no this rams team's playing surprisingly well stafford sure. looked good the first six quarters and then threw two bad interceptions in the second half niners also recovered a fumble so the rams really played themselves out of that game it was in front it was at home but i always say it was the niners annual ninth home game of the year right because uh, it was all red they like that, like it is every single year. Yeah. Uh, so it, it, it was their annual extra home game, uh, as I like to say, especially with the new stadium, basically just filling more seats for Niners fans at SoFi. So it's only proving the Rams a disservice, if if anything. But no, this, they, they've they've looked good. I uh, said last week, right. like the word I use, I, is feisty. Yeah, uh, I I had on week one against Seattle. Um, I actually did a really good live bet with the Niners at halftime. I got them at like plus 110 on the money line and they won by two scores or I guess by one score because McVay kicked. But no, um, they've, they've, they've definitely, like you said, looked feisty, not a pushover at all. It's the NFL. Our quarterback's injured. We have not looked good at all. We've looked yeah. really bad. Uh, so it's completely not a pushover. The line has plummeted. Uh, maybe due to some power rating adjustments with Cincinnati, Dev definitely having something to do with Burrow's injury. Um, and yeah, like it's two and a half now. It's line was probably going to be eight three weeks ago so right. that's, that's a full touchdown of a drop that's massive right well and, and and then if burrow is a scratch monday night then uh then the rams are going to be favored because jake um, has not instilled any I would, confidence in anybody so it's probably will be Bengals minus one because i think the line that the line already dropping six and a half points is like burrow being hurt so it's not going to drop like a full difference between him and browning if that makes sense but like if it opened at four and then like Burrow was like supposed to play and then he didn't, then yeah, it probably drops four, four and a half points. I remember two years ago, Allen was supposed to, Josh Allen was supposed to play and then Matt Barkley ended up starting the line dropped five points. So that's really like the most that it can right. drop for a quarterback. But that's still, we're almost an underdog because, because uh, 
of the home team gets three points just for being at home. Yeah, so, and zero and two teams even if the game were even. The Bengals would be a three-point favorite. So right now, basically, that's where we are. The game is even, and we're getting the two-and-a-half for being at home. If Burrow goes away, we, like I said, we're essentially an underdog. Even if, we, even if we're only giving one, that's an underdog for a home team. Yeah, and I uh, saw this stat earlier today, or maybe it was yesterday. Uh, 0-2 teams who had a preseason over-under win total in the double digits, 10 wins, 11 wins, whatever whatever it may be, they cover at a 70% clip in week three. So the desperation starts to kick in. It's going to, uh, for sure. Bengals had a really good week three game last year against the Jets in New York. They covered uh, one by three scores, I think. Good Burrow game. So we'll see, man. Uh, like Good teams don't start 0-3. And I get Burrow. that's maybe a little little unfair because of the Burrow injury, but they have not played good at all. Um, they have they have not made the plays when they've needed to, offense and defense, football. and yeah. it, it's and deservingly so. Their metrics have dropped, their power ratings have dropped, and they're not the Super Bowl contender that everyone thought they were going to be preseason. Similar to last year, they obviously played their way back into it by winning twelve straight games, but. With an injured quarterback, like even if Burrow doesn't go on IR, are we like really going to expect them to win twelve straight games with the first place schedule? Probably, probably not. That's what scares me. Is that, you know when we lost at home in week two, um, we hadn't lost. Our previous loss at home was the Steeler game in week one of the twenty two season. Wow. Yeah. We yeah. had lost again. So going back to th- think about that, we hadn't lost. We ran the table at home after losing to Pittsburgh, after losing, and they would have after losing and, the opener. We didn't lose another home game, and here we lost. We lost a home game first time out. So um, there's concerns here. So um, you know the defense has to show up. We have to with this offense. You thought that with the two injuries on Baltimore's offensive line that we would be able to to win that game. Just on that, yeah. there were Ravens uh, fans in the recap uh, video that we put up. Um, there were Ravens fans that said, we really thought we were going to lose this game because of the injuries on the offensive line. So, and they didn't. So, you know, we, can we take advantage of this? So far, that's one of the biggest disappointments for me. I knew it was going to take time for this O-line to gel, but the lack of pressure is by Hubbard. Hubbard looked terrible against Cleveland. He overplayed every play, and then it wasn't that much better against against uh, Baltimore. So, yeah, uh, well, it's it, been disappointing. So it was Trey Hendrickson, actually, who was going up against Ronnie Stanley's replacement. He was going up against Patrick Meckery. Uh, who was an undrafted free agent at a Cal in 2019. Meckery was the leading Ravens offensive lineman, according to PFF, in week two. So Hendrickson did not play well at all. He was getting beat up by a backup left tackle, or I guess back, yeah, backup left tackle. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was rough. It was it was bad. So, and we saw, we saw how a team can take over a game on Monday night with the Steelers. Um, I, I mean, think about it. Nine first downs. Pickett managed nine first downs, yet they won the game because they got two defensive scores. I mean, their defense stepped up and brought it home. And and we kind of need our defense to do that this week. Um, take some pressure off Burrow. And also, I want to see a big game out of Mixon. Let's run the ball. 13 carries is not enough. We need to try to get Mixon established. It'll take pressure off Burrow, and it'll set up the passing game. Take it a little easier. Um, I've heard, I read one article that said they've stripped down the playbook for Monday night to make it easier on Burrow. So, you know, let's see, but, uh, definitely concerns here. 
I, you know, I don't know how else to say it. It's there. We have to win. This is, I don't like to call things a must win game in week three. Oh, this is a must. This is a must. This is a must win game. I mean, you can't win the ring of honor game at home in week three against the Rams. It, you know, and this starts a really soft part of our schedule where we could string together three or four. So, yeah, there's got a natural trip coming up. Then I think in Arizona the week after that. Yeah. Yeah. So, So, like, if you're like, I, I get this. Is, yeah, this is for sure the soft part of the schedule. But if you're zero three and have to go on the road back to back weeks, I don't care who you're playing. Like you're, that's not right. a good situation. So, well, we know the team responds to adversity. They keep saying, "Hey, we've been here before. We're not panicking." But, but as fan base, I'm sitting here looking around, going, "Things aren't right. This is not the same zero and two we were last year." So, I mean, we need Bro to play. First of all, I have zero confidence in our in a Browning on Monday night. I, I, if he's playing, we probably don't win the game. He's, he's erratic. He's not consistent. He doesn't, he doesn't, our backup situation is terrible. We talked about this ad nauseum in preseason, how every single game, it was like, we have zero faith. And, and I don't think Greer is ready. So to step in yet, he's not even on the active roster. So it'd be a Jake Browning game. Maybe his first and last if he plays, but I thinking Burrow's going to play. That's, the assumption we're going on. We have no injury report yet because I don't think the team practiced yesterday. Nothing's up. We're shooting this, you know, at 10 a.m. Pacific time. You know, at Zach's conf- news conference was just going on. So, um, like I said, Bro, it's, it's on Burrow. I, I think- and I, and our de- I'm asking our defense and our asking our offensive line and mixing to step up and win this game. That's what we're asking them to do. I, I think that it it is. I think Burrow's going to play. Uh, I think so too. It is a like even like when he got first hurt, like when he first got hurt in training camp. One of the reporters point blank asked him if this was a game that you needed to win, would you play? And like he said, uh, yes. And Zach would say yes, he'd play. So here we are. You're zero and two, biggest home crowd like ever. He's gonna play. Right. He's gonna play. Well, so and we've got you know like I said, it's Chad and Boomer going into the Ring of Honor, so. Hopefully there's enough energy and mojo. Maybe like, maybe Chad can play quarterback. I don't know. Uh, or Boomer. Know I actually would rather see Chad back there running, you know, uh, 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 a uh, you know, uh, wildcat type formation. I would have more faith in that than Browning. After yeah, watching this... all the Browning, after watching the preseason with Simeon and Browning, I have zero. I said it on the show multiple times to you. I don't think we these aren't quarterbacks that can come in and even go no. you know one and two in a three game stretch. No, no, they're not. No, they're not. The 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 Bengals consensusly have one of the five worst backup quarterback rooms in in the league. Which I mean, whatever. Like the Cowboys have Cooper Rush. He's a good backup quarterback. The Colts have Gardner Minshew. Like those are good. I mean, uh, those are. Like Tyler Huntley is a good backup quarterback, and he's had to he's had to play way too much. But like going back to the Chad thing, I'm like I'm I'm actually so excited to see the social media stuff with him. He's gonna get that crowd so so fired up. Right. It's gonna be awesome. Uh, and Burrow's gonna play. All right. Play. So all right. Well, with that said, what is your score prediction? Assuming Burrow, uh, I, we're going on the assumption. Burrow yeah. Because I already said if yeah. Burrow's not playing, I don't think we win. So 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 Burrow plays. I, I would guess the line moves up to three and a half or four on Monday when it's obvious that he's going to suit up. Cause if he's not ruled out son by Sunday, he's, he's going to play, you know? Right. Um, 
I'm going low scoring. Uh, I've got 2017 Cincinnati. Um, I, I, I think that we're still better than the Rams. Um, the, the two teams that we faced are very good teams, even though right. Cleveland's offense, very inept. Baltimore's a good team. They're a lot better than I thought they were. Um, <laughs> if they stay healthy, if they, if they stay healthy, if they get healthy and stay healthy, but the Rams are not a objectively good football team home. Barrow's going to play. Um, Jamar will get involved. There's no lockdown corner that can stop him. Right. Uh, Jalen Ramsey's not there anymore. They don't have great safeties. They don't have great linebackers. Um, but they're much more suited to no, uh, lock down Aaron Donald than they were in the Super Bowl. I, we haven't even talked about that. This is a Super Bowl rematch. I don't even think anybody really wants to talk about it. Because, but yeah, I don't think I, the teams aren't the same. Well, right. I mean, we are, the, the, but the, they're the, not. The Bengals, not. Are, Bengals are very similar. The Rams don't have Von Miller. Uh, they don't have those guys on the edge who were flanking Aaron Donald. You know, Odell Beckham, they don't have Andrew Whitworth. They don't have Jalen Ramsey. Yeah. I mean, it's a, they, they're not even a shell of themselves is what they are. But, Correct. Which but yeah, so even worse for yeah. us to lose to them. Yeah. So I've got 2017 Bengals. I had 23. And, and I think I think Zach wants to be, beat McVeigh. That's his boy. I think Zach wants well, to beat, beat McVeigh pretty badly. So um, I I have the same kind of thing. I have a ugly, you know, type of low scoring game. A lot of stall drives. I got us twenty three nineteen, um, and and I would like it to not be a nail biter. I could use a week where I'm not aggravated and I don't have a nail biter. You, the fan base, could use this week <laughs> to just kind of it's prime time and not have to answer all the questions the next day. Um, so that's what I've got 23, 19. So we're thinking along the same lines in terms of the, uh, of the total score. I don't know if we said this on air on the last preview, but I have to give you props because we were talking about bets that we liked. And this is a Florida, baby. This is the Florida. That's right. You said Florida was a six point underdog. Okay. And you said, not only is Florida going to cover Florida is going to win that game. So I did a parlay and I had Florida play and I bought the extra point. Anyway, we're five point underdog. I bought the point to six. I always buy the extra point. And then I money lined them on a card and I had a very good week last week. And those two cards were the reason because they were games that I, I wasn't even looking at the Tennessee Florida game and a buddy of mine who was playing, I looked at his account um, and he was big on Tennessee. And I said, Oh, one of us is going to be unhappy. Well, it wasn't me that was unhappy. And I said, Oh no, somebody told me that Florida was the pick and that, that, and I money lined him. I mean, here, and he doubled down on the second half. He went big on oh, Tennessee the second half. Oh, oh that's it just, awful. It was just adding insult to injury. And I sat there and I was just kind of, you know, and, and once they've made the bet, there's no point in me calling them up, but I have to thank you for that. So if you guys do any gambling at all, Jake's podcast, uh, gambling podcast. If he's going to give you one nugget like that every week, that's well worth the time to listen to the podcast. So you want you want uh you want you want one more you want one more this week? I'll I'll do one more this week and and see how well I do uh, this year. Uh, I I faded the Buffs every single week. Finally got there on Saturday with Colorado State almost beating them. We're doing it again. Oregon laying twenty one at home. Oregon ha- is the best home conference covering team the last 15 years. They cover almost 70% of the time uh, against Pac-12 opponents at at home in Eugene. They're they're way better than Colorado. Like Oregon's right. averaging 600 yards a game of offense. What do we really think they're going to do to the Colorado defense? So I, I, I think they win the game by 40 points. Um, and like another angle that 
you know, we can look at with Colorado is they've put such a target on their backs that when they face these big time quarterbacks and big time offenses that are not Colorado State, um, these these teams are going to want to run the score up on them. That's an opportunity to pad right. your Heisman stats. Like this is the worst defense in the Pac-12, and it's not even close. Um, so yeah, like I, I I get the hype. It's fun. The Shadur stuff is fun. Yeah, very 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 good yeah. player. Probably an NFL quarterback someday. But that's like that's it. They have holes at every level of their defense. Their offensive line sucks. Oregon's a top ten team. I, I think they're one of the seven best teams in the country. Um, this is this is a mismatch and this line is wrong. So okay, Oregon minus twenty one. It's not you know it's not a juicy underdog plus six. Sorry, I don't have oh, that no, this it's week. Not. But, but covering uh, twenty one, tw- uh, covering twenty one. So guys, if you're a, if you're a teaser person, you know you could tease them at fourteen or fifteen and never worry. If, if I I would not recommend that. I would just I would take the twenty one. But if you want to get my full card, Jake Circus podcast gambling show Friday morning. That's tomorrow, and then uh, come check out me on the Bleacher Report betting stream on the Bleacher Report app Saturday morning at uh, eleven a.m. Eastern. I'm going through the full college football slate. It's loaded. It's a good one. Got some best bets: Clemson, Florida State, Ohio State, Notre Dame. Bama, Ole Miss, Baylor, Texas, all the all the good stuff. So check that out. Turn your notifications on for the Bleacher Report app, and I'll, I'll see you all there. There you go. So now Jake will be back. He'll be doing the recap with me this week. And maybe we'll get uh, – we won't get Heath. We might get Devin, maybe your dad. I don't know. Check with him. Um, obviously, it's weird for us because it's a Monday night, So and we're spread it all over. So, um, But we'll definitely put up our recap right after the game. Jake will be there. I will be there. We will revisit – this Colorado uh, Oregon game pick and hopefully we're happy and we can blow the victory horn and the quacker. I don't even think Jake's ever seen it. Um, No, I I don't think I have. No. (laughs) So, you know, and there were calls last year to upgrade the horn and all that. And I like to stick with what got us there. That victory horn got us to a Super Bowl. Okay. There's no reason to change the, the victory horn. So it's tradition. Um, but that's it. So if you don't subscribe, please subscribe. It's all we ask. Throw your comments down. Tell us what your score prediction is going to be. Tell us what you think of Jake's uh, pick of Oregon covering over. Uh, people aren't people aren't going to like it. There's a lot of people on Colorado. You know what? And that is people what, aren't going to like it. Look, there was a lot of people like my friend on Tennessee. I oh, would yeah. rather be on the winning side, not the side that's necessarily got the most people. And if you look at Vegas, it wasn't built by the winners. Okay. So look at Vegas, look at Atlantic city. These places weren't built by the winners. So I would always rather be on the winning side and not the more populous side, which typically is the losers are on the more populous side. So, um, but please subscribe, check out Jake's podcast. We will see you right after the game. And hopefully we're blowing the victory horn. I'm going to say who to everybody. Have a good Ooh, day. week.